y'all live. All right, good evening, everyone. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. He gives us so many chances. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm, a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies with messages coming straight from the Bible. And if you've been with us for a while, we always appreciate you for tuning in. Welcome back. So I don't have anything to announce, so we can just go ahead and dive right into it tonight. As you can see from the title, we'll be talking about God's two sons. And when we say the son of God, we always think about Jesus. Everybody knows about Jesus, but God had another son, and his name was Adam. So we're going to be talking about that tonight, and we hope you guys get something out of the message. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks so we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. Thank you, Melvin. Uh, before we move too quickly, we want to start by saying a prayer, if you guys can and will, by your ears with us. Heavenly Father, we come before you uh, just as uh, humbly as we possibly know how. Lord, we come before you thanking you first and foremost for your grace, your mercy, your truth, your life, Lord, everything that you bestow upon us, Lord. We come before you to say thank you. Lord, we're also praying uh, that you would continue to bless us with things that we need, continue to help us with our knowledge, understanding, um, our patience, uh, everything that we need to have towards each other so that we can have that love uh, as, as Christ had for us. Lord, we're praying for that tonight. Lord, we're praying for this Bible study that someone would gain something from it, that you would increase and that we would decrease. Lord, we're praying that everything in your word lord we would become what you want us to be lord so lord we're praying these many blessings in your precious name jesus amen amen uh, so as melvin said we're talking about god's two sons and actually before we read the focus verse i want to go uh over to luke chapter three um because we we're we're very familiar with uh John 3.16, where it tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we know that was Jesus Christ. And so we're very familiar with uh, God's second son, which is Jesus. It said he was his only begotten son, but he's not his only son. Uh, if we read the parables throughout the uh, New Testament, it'll tell us a certain man had two sons that's the same way with God and it was Adam and Jesus and so we'll go to Luke 3 and we'll go all the way down to the last verse in that chapter so we can see I just wanted to briefly mention this briefly go here to this verse because I like to show verses I know I, I kind of run all over and tonight boy I could run all through this Bible I'm gonna try my best to uh, limit it <laughs> as much as I possibly can but I get excited just to show these verses, not just to talk over them, uh, because I like people to see that these things, I'm not making these things up. This is what the book declares. And so I want us to allow the scripture to be true. And so, but before I even, before we even read this, I also want to just say how thankful I am for the Holy Ghost, for God's spirit that dwells on the inside of so many of his people uh, because 
without his spirit, I was even talking about it today, man, without God's spirit, I would definitely lose my mind. I mean, because people will make you want to do so many things to them, to hurt them, to curse them, uh, to wish evil upon them. People will people will uh, make you want to do all these things. But the Holy Ghost inside of us, it will give us that power. And Jesus told us once we receive the Holy Ghost, we'll be endued with power. And so I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost to keep me in check. Uh, and even if I get out of line for the Holy Ghost to uh, just confront me, to, to tell me, you know that wasn't right. You know that's not right. And so I'm thankful for that because without it, there'd be no opportunity for me to be saved. And so, but anyways, I want to go ahead and go and read, uh, what's that, verse 38? Yep. Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Now, Luke here, he traces Jesus. He starts with Jesus and traces his lineage and goes all the way back to the beginning of time. And now we find uh, Adam here. And he said, Adam was the son of God. And so we know that Jesus was the only begotten son of God, but we don't recognize Adam to be the first son, God's, uh, his first created son of son. A lot of times we don't think about it that way. So tonight we're going to talk about the two sons, but now we're mainly going to really focus on the second son because I kind of want to pull the curtains back, uh, if you will. I kind of want to reveal to him. Uh, John talked about it in the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus. And so not only did I want to reveal who the first son is, I want to also reveal the second son. It's easy for us to recognize the first son, though, because he tells us here he was the son of God, Adam. And now Paul is also going to talk about Adam and Corinthians. So we'll go back to Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And... I don't even remember what verse I told you. Forty-five. <laughs> because we're actually going to go back up to 21 after we just introduced this in 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The first man, Adam. Now this is the first son. We're talking about God's firstborn. See, that's what happened. We get so confused when we talk about the scripture. Because you have some people out there saying Jesus was Mary's only born son. That's not what the book told us. The book said Mary's firstborn son. There's some people confused on that. And so Jesus is not God's only son. He was his first. He was his first son. So the first man, we're talking about the firstborn son now. So uh, Paul here in verse 45 says the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. We know that's how Adam was. That's how he was created. God created him from the dust of the ground. And after he created his body, gave him a form. Then he blew into him the breath of life, made him a living soul. This was the first son. 
A certain man had two sons. This was the first. God's first son. All right. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The last Adam. Now, he left the word man off here because this was more than a man. He was both man and God. He was man and divine. He was more than a man, though. He was made a quickening spirit. He was able to make things come alive. That's all the quickening spirit was about. God is a spirit. But now, I want to go... I want to go back first before we go. Uh, actually, no, drop down to go back up. I'm sorry. Go back up to 36. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. Hold on. I believe there was something else I wanted to get. I, I thought it was further up in the chapter. That's that's what it was. Go back up to 21 first. All right. For since by man came death. For since by man came death. Now, this was the doing of the first son. Adam brought death upon all of us. And to this day, we're still dying. We know God told his son. He said, the day you eat of this tree, you'll surely die. Ye shall surely die. And so from that point that Adam sinned, death set in. Spiritual death, nothing but a separation from God from the spiritual standpoint. And then also physical death. Because we know Adam lived above 900 years old. And a day to the Lord is a thousand years. So he died that same very day. He didn't live to see a thousand years. So we saw how Adam introduced death to all of us because now we're born into corruption. We're born into this. People wonder why we have to go through all of these things. We have, why, why the sun has to bake us. Every time somebody steps foot in the sun, we say, ooh, it's so hot out here, man. Why we got to deal with this? Ooh, it's so cold outside. Why we got to deal with this? Why do we have to deal with the coronavirus? Why do we have to deal with the inequalities in the world where we can't seem to love one another as we should be loved? All because of what the first son did to us. We're all in the same family. Doesn't matter if you want to believe it or not. We're all in the same family. God created the first son and every one of us since then came through that same line. Doesn't matter what color our skin is. We came through Adam. And he unleashed death in the world. For since by man, the first man, we're talking about Adam. He unleashed death upon us, all right? By man came also the resurrection of the dead. But now we're going to talk about the second son. See, the first son messed things up for us. And so now God had to send another son in the world. To straighten things out. God has an order. This was a human problem. Man brought death into the world. Man had to come and straighten it out. God was doing his part. But now there's also things we have to do. But I just want to focus on the two sons here. Adam unleashed it. 
And Jesus Christ, he came to bring the resurrection. That's what he told Martha. He said, she said, look, if you had been here when my brother died, Lazarus had been dead for four days. She said, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. She said, I, I know he'll be raised again in the end at the judgment. He said, I am the resurrection, though. How can you say this? He, he is the resurrection. He came to bring us life and that more abundantly. And so he was showing us his power in all of these moments. He was trying to reveal himself to us, but we still could not grasp who he was because of the form that he came in. Uh, John told us he, he was uh, the only begotten. He said, as of the only begotten. The form he came in, he appeared to be. We won't be able to get this thing straight tonight. Let's go ahead and read down, Mel. For as in Adam, all die. For as in Adam, all die. That's why we still die. Because we are a part of Adam. We Right now, we know that uh, different diseases... They become hereditary. They become a part of our bloodline, a part of our DNA, we like to say. We, we've gotten very technical, very smart. We like to use all these fancy words. <laughs> and so death and sin has become a part of our DNA because of Adam. We're all we are a part of him. So because of him, we die because of him. The coronavirus is running rapid. So many other diseases. It doesn't matter what it is. You want to say the flu is more dangerous? Fine. You want to say whatever disease it is is more more dangerous. Uh, it's all because of the sins that the first son unleashed upon us. He opened this can for us. And we're drinking it to this day. And we're going to continue to consume it. But. The second son came to save us. All right. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, if we get out of Adam and into Christ, we'll be made alive. That's what we have to do. But now I'm not going to focus on that because that's not my message tonight. I just want us to see the roles of the two sons and reveal to you both of these sons. Because I just, uh, the other day, I just began to think about the scripture where it said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But in my mind, I thought he wasn't the only son, though. The first son caused a lot of problems for us. I mean, to this day, we still are bothered by the problems of the first son. Because... Even women, to this day, we say, oh, it's my time of the month. This was caused because of what the first son did. He, he caused a lot of pain, a lot of things that we don't like to go through. We don't like to do a lot of work. Every morning we wake up, I don't want to go to work today. But this was because of the first son, the mistakes that he made. 
because he was the one that God came to talk to after he uh, even Adam had sinned. After they had sinned, God came to talk to his son. He said, where are you, Adam? And Adam, <laughs> he said he heard his voice. He had to hide himself because of the transgressions that he was in. We try to hide from God when we mess up. We hide from everybody when we do something wrong. We try to hide everything. We're still following in the footsteps of the firstborn son. This was the first son that God created. So Paul says in verse 22, uh, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. That, we want to live. That's what we want. We all want to live. Nobody wants to die. People, people talk real crazy <laughs> until a weapon gets pointed at them. And then you, you find out really quickly they want to live. Because we all do. And Christ wants us to live. So we're looking at the two sons here and the roles that they both came to play. See, God, God, God gave Adam the rules that he wanted him to follow. But Adam failed. And so Christ had to come in the world to fulfill the same things that he told the first son. That's what Christ came to do. To correct those issues. To fulfill what had been written. So we're looking at the two sons. Now I want to drop down to 36. And really quickly, I see we have a comment from Sela. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, they said, they said, hello guys, I'm new to the channel. Well, welcome to join the Mist of the Storm. We hope, you, we hope you get something out of the message and stick around. Thank you. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask at any time, no matter what we're Amen. willing to ask. So thank you for joining. Thank you. Uh, so uh, verse, verse 36, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. Now, go back up to verse 35 so we can kind of see what's happening here. Paul was having an issue with people who said that there is no resurrection. There is, after you die, life's over. There's a lot of people that still feel that way today. So we're going to try to straighten this out. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Paul was trying to straighten this out, all right? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. Now, Paul said, the question was, if somebody dies, how are they going to be raised again? How are people going to be raised up? How are you going to come back from the dead? And if, even if they do, some people say, I don't believe it, but even if they did, what kind of body are they coming up with? So Paul had to break it down to us in a way that we would comprehend it. He said, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened. Whatever you sow is not made alive unless it dies first. See, 
Go ahead, read verse 37 before we talk about it too much. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. Now, this is, Paul said, let's take it back to something you can comprehend. Let's take it back to crops. Whatever it is, if you take uh, corn, if you get a seed of, of, of corn seed, you plant it in the ground and kill it. That's what we do. We put things in the ground that are dead. When so-and-so dies, we say we're going to bury them. We put them in the ground, cover them up with dirt, kill them. So Paul says, look, it's just like what you do with these seeds that you planted. You put it in the ground and kill it. And the body that's going to be raised is not the body that you put in the ground. You don't put a whole corn on the cob in the ground. <laughs> no. He said, you fool. You, got, you people are talking ignorant. You put the seed in the ground and kill it. Let it die. And then you watch it come to life again. You sow it into the ground and it comes back with a different body. He said, it's going to be the same way with us. Sure, we have this body, but once we die, we'll come back with another body. But now this is important because we're talking about the second son. He's going to show us the comparison of the sons here. All right. But God giveth it a body as it has pleased him and to every seed his own body. God give it, it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. Every seed has a different body. The corn looks different from the wheat. The wheat looks different from the tomato. They all have a different body. But now you don't put the whole tomato under the ground. We plant the seed and watch it grow into something different. God transforms it. That's because of God's power. So we see how these different bodies are created by God. But now he's going to show us something else. Go ahead and read verse 39 for the male. All flesh is not the same flesh. All flesh is not the same flesh. We're talking about bodies now. We're not only talking about plants and crops and fruits and vegetables. We're also talking about flesh, flesh and blood. That's what we are. He said all flesh. It ain't the same flesh, though. And so when we look at the two sons, we must remember all flesh. It's not the same flesh. The flesh of the first son is different from the flesh of the second son. Go ahead, man. But there is one kind of flesh of men, mm -hmm. another flesh of beasts. Mm -hmm. another of fishes mm -hmm. and another of birds now we know birds look different from people we know uh, the donkey looks different from the dog they have different bodies they have different bodies alright there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial now <laughs> we know the movie E.T. <laughs> we say he was extraterrestrial <laughs> There are earthly bodies and you have heavenly bodies. Uh-huh. 
But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Now, this is what we find as a difference between the two suns. One was celestial, earthly, earthy of the earth. One was heavenly. One was from heaven. There's two different suns now because one sun would fall victim to sin. One sun just couldn't, he was not able to do right. But the second sun, he had no problem. The second sun would reign. The second sun had a different glory about him, Adam and Jesus. It's two different things. These are two different sons. So, uh, I think we got a comment. Um, Amy says, I'm learning a lot. I was raised in the church and I've never even heard of two sons. <laughs> they're, they're the parable of the two sons. We know the prodigal son. We've, we've heard of the prodigal son, but we never understood. We've never been told that God had two sons. We better go and get that again. Uh, because I'm not sure if uh, Amy was here when we read that. We're going to hold what we got. Where are we? First Corinthians 15 and 40. 41. 41, I just read 40. We can read 40 again when we come back. Let's uh, go back over to Luke 3 and uh, what was that? 38, I believe, last verse. Yeah. I want to show you where it tells us the two sons. But Paul's going to bring it out more. All right. Verse 38 which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Adam was the son of God. The first man, Adam, he was the son of God. Now he is the first son. The first son failed God. And so there had to be a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus had to come because of what the first son did. Somebody had to fulfill the sonship. Somebody had to do it. Someone had to fulfill the role that God had set out for his son. Adam couldn't do it. He tried. But then he started to make excuses. He said, Lord, when God called him, he said, Adam, where are you? He said, I had to hide myself. He said, because I was naked. And God said, son, who told you that? Who told you that? Have you eaten of the tree that I told you not to eat? And he said, Lord, Father, it was that woman that you gave me. The woman that you gave me, she gave it to me and I did eat. This was Adam's downfall. And so by Adam, death came into the world. We better go back and pick that up in Corinthians 45, and excuse me, 15. And I believe it was... Uh, around 21. Because of the sin that Adam caused, he unleashed death into the world. All right. For since by man came death. For since by man came death. We know that death came because of the first son, Adam. But now Paul is going to teach us about the second son. We know the scripture declares that Jesus was God's only begotten son. He wasn't his only son, though. He was just the only begotten. And we're going to deal with that begottenness in a little bit, if the Lord will. But the first son, 
He said, for sins by man came death. This man was his son, Adam. All right. By man came also the resurrection of the dead. But now the second son, he came to pay the price. He came to fulfill the role that the son is supposed to play. It's just a role. See, that, that's what happens when we watch these movies. We look for that role to be fulfilled. We look for somebody to fulfill the role of the villain. Somebody to fulfill the role of the good guy, the bad guy. We look for all of these roles to be played when we watch a movie. If we, if we hear the title called Batman, if, we say, if somebody say, we're going to watch Batman, but now you sit down and watch this movie and you never see Batman, the only person you see is Superman, you're wondering by the end of this movie, <laughs> that role never got played. There's something wrong here. See, you would be distraught by the end of that movie because you say, I've never seen Batman. He's my favorite character. That's my favorite superhero. And so God, when he looked at it, he was distraught because he said the role of the son, somebody has not fulfilled it. So Jesus looked out. I won't be able to handle this like I want to. He said, Jesus looked down. He said, lo, I come in the volume of the book that was written before me I come to do thy will O God to fulfill the role of the son he said I come to do thy will O God that's what he said he came for to fulfill the role of the son and so when the the job was done he said look I, I must go back to the father he had been there for three and a half years fulfilling this role and so by the end of his life the disciples looked at him. They said, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> we don't want you to leave. Even when the, the army came to take Jesus, Peter was willing to fight to save the son. But he didn't recognize this role had to be played. Jesus had to fulfill all things. So we better get back to it because time's not going to permit me. For as in Adam, all die. Mm -hmm. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Paul knew about these two sons. But now let's get back down. 40. Let's go back to 40 because uh, there's some more I wanted to get to here. There are also celestial bodies and mm -hmm. bodies terrestrial. Two different bodies because this is two different sons. One son was of the earth, celestial. He was of the earth. But the second son was terrestrial. He was an alien, out of space. He wasn't from here. He was the Lord from heaven. This was God Almighty. He had power. We better keep going. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's a different glory about the first son. He, he didn't have the type of glory that the second son had. This second son, there was something about him. <laughs> Tony, Amos said, go ahead and explain. There was something about the second son. People recognized it. They recognized something was different about this second son. See, Jesus, he said, Father, glorify me as I was with you before. He said, glorify me again. I want to be glorified. We might get to some of this. But... We know that there was something different about Jesus because how could he never want to sin? See, I know me. 
especially, and I know this is true for all of us, the more and more angry we get, the harder it is to control ourselves. Because once we get angry, I mean, we start doing things and saying things we felt we might have never, never said. Or we said we never do. But anger will push you to this. Humiliation will push you to this. But who do we know that has been humiliated the way Christ was? I mean, for him to never do anyone wrong. I mean, not one time. Each and every one of us has done somebody wrong before. We all, we all can admit to that. We've done someone wrong. But this man, this son, he never did anybody wrong. So for him to go through what he went through, there had to be a different glory upon him. Because I know me, I struggle to keep my mouth closed even when I'm not going through much at times. It's a struggle sometimes to watch people uh, feel, try to get over on you. But in your mind, you're thinking, I see exactly what you're doing. It's hard for me to keep my mouth closed. But the scripture tells me he was as a, a, a sheep before her shearer, dumb. He didn't open his mouth. He didn't say a word. Knowing people were lying on him. Who can, who can not open their mouth and let someone lie on them? Who can not open their mouth and let people spit on them? There was a different glory about this one. This son had a different glory. But I want to keep going. There is one glory of the sun mm -hmm. and another glory of the moon mm -hmm. and another glory of the stars. Mm -hmm. For one star differeth from another star in glory. All of these things have a different purpose. They all have a different purpose. The sun has a different purpose, has different abilities than the moon has. They all do. So remember, we're still talking about the two suns. Uh huh. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Mm -hmm. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Mm -hmm. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Uh huh. It is sown a natural body, but it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual now, body. I don't want to get too much into uh, these bodies, but at the same time, think about the body that the second son had. See, the first son, Adam, he was mortal. He died. And he didn't come back. But this second son, even though he died, death couldn't hold him down. He was raised again. And now this time, when we find him raised, look at all the things that he did. He was walking with two disciples. And now they have known Jesus before. But this time, he appeared in a different body. Now, no matter how many times you've seen me, it doesn't matter if I shave my head bald. It doesn't matter if I shave the hair off of my face. You still know when you see me, oh, that's Tony. But now, Jesus, he transformed his appearance in a way that no earthly body could do. He had a different glory, and we're going to talk about how that was. But this is the verse I wanted to get to. 
And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Mm -hmm. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now, notice it talks about the first Adam. It says, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Now, this is the first son. He was made a living soul. We know from the scripture that God created his son. We just read that in Luke 3.38. He created his son. Of the dust of the ground. Found in the book of Genesis. Second chapter. He created his son of the dust of the ground. And then we find out. That he blew into him the breath of life. And made him a living soul. Which is the same thing that we have in us today. Living souls. That's what enables us to be here. Our soul. To be conscious. And so. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. But now we're going to talk about the second son. All right. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Read, read uh, the last. Read that again in uh, verse 45. And so it is written. Mm -hmm. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Mm -hmm. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. But now the last Adam, notice it didn't call him a man here. Even though he was a man, he still was not a man. A mystery without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So the last Adam, notice he still called him Adam, but he was not Adam because he was still the son. That's all he's talking about. He's telling us the son here. The second son, he was made a quickening spirit. But now drop down. Uh, Drop down to verse 47. The first man is of the earth. Earth. The first man was of the earth. Now, this is the first son. God made him from the earth. He was just like you and I listening to this video. Nothing but an earthly being. Flesh and blood. We have no real power other than the power that God gives us. See, Pilate told Jesus, he said, I got the power to let you go free. I can, I can have you crucified or I can let you go. He said, you have no, no power. Only the power that my father gives you. That's the only power you have. The power that God gives you. That's where we sit. We don't have any real power. So, we are earthly. Uh-huh. The second man is the Lord from heaven. But the second man, this is the second son. We're talking about Jesus. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Jesus said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? He's the Lord. He was the Lord from heaven. He was from heaven. I want to go pick up uh, John chapter 3. He was the Lord from heaven. Now, remember, he said he was the Lord from heaven. Now, I also want to do... I won't have time to really cover this thing like I want to. John chapter 3. And um, I believe I want verse. We'll start at verse 12 here. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Now, we still have the same issue today. I'll tell you something earthly and you don't believe it. So how would you understand something spiritual? 
that I tell you. This is what Jesus was telling Nicodemus at this time. But now I want you to remember the verse we just read. He said uh, in the book of Corinthians, he said the second man was the Lord from heaven. All right. And no man hath ascended up to heaven. Now we're talking about heaven again. This is the same Lord. This is Jesus. We say he's our Lord and Savior. He said, no man hath ascended up to heaven. Mm -hmm. But he that came down from heaven. But the one that came down. He had to step down to come down here. Uh-huh. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Read, read that again, man. <laughs> Even the son of man, which is in heaven. Hold on. How is it that the second son, now this is the Lord from heaven. Paul told us, he said the, the second man is the Lord from heaven. But now Jesus here, he said, he talking to Nicodemus. He said, how can you understand some spiritual if you don't even understand the natural? And then he turned around and told him something spiritual. He said, no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Now, we know Jesus was not in heaven at this exact moment. Not physically. He was not in heaven because he's standing here. This is John chapter three. He's standing here talking to Nicodemus. He said, nobody's came down from heaven, but he. Excuse me, nobody has went up to heaven but him that's came down. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. He said the Son of Man is in heaven also. So how is it that Jesus could be in heaven and yet he had ascended down? How could this be? These are the issues that we face. But the reason he could be in all these places at once is because of the glory that was on that body, because he was the Lord from heaven. He had power. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. He possessed all power. I want to go to the book of Revelation. Uh, we'll pick up Revelation 4 and 2 because I want us to see how Jesus was in heaven, but he also left heaven. Now, this is a mystery. I know some people say, I've never heard this before. This is a mystery. In the in, uh, uh, 1 Timothy 3.16 said, without controversy, there's no, there's no debating about it. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. As the second son. See, Abraham told Isaac, he said, the Lord will provide himself a lamb. He would provide himself. He would become the lamb himself. That's what the Lord was going to do. And let's see how the Lord did it. So, Revelations 4, we're still talking about the second son. Now, Revelation was written by John, the same John that we just were reading uh, in the book of John. He, he wrote this, and now God's going to call him into a vision. So, Revelation 4 and verse 2. And immediately I was in the spirit. He was in a vision. Uh -huh. And behold, 
a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now, there's a throne in heaven, and there's going to be one. God is one. The Bible tells us, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He's only one. God is one. He's not three, four, five, and six. God is one. This is the mystery, though. We have to understand the mystery. So, he says, he saw a vision of heaven, and there was only one sitting on the throne. Mm-hmm. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now, we know the one on the throne was the son, the second son. We know it was Jesus. We know when Stephen, he looked up to heaven, he saw one. He saw Jesus. He's on the throne. But now flip over to chapter 5, verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. Now remember again, Jesus told Nicodemus, The only one who's ascended up to heaven is the one that came down from heaven. And then he said, I am in heaven. Even though I came down from heaven, he said, I'm in heaven. And so now we find here a vision of John looking up into heaven. And he said, I see one on the throne. And now in his right hand is a book. Now, we're looking at a vision of Jesus sitting on the throne and having a book in his hand. All right. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Who is worthy to come down and fulfill the role that the son was supposed to fulfill? Who is worthy to come down and fulfill the law, to come down and save us? Who is worthy? There was a there was a problem here. No one could be found worthy to fulfill the sonship. Nobody was worthy. Mm-hmm. And no man in heaven. No man in heaven. There was no one in heaven. There was no man in heaven able to fulfill the role. This is the issue that we had. Mm-hmm. Neither under the earth mm-hmm. was able to open the book. Nor neither, in the earth. Mm-hmm. Neither to look thereon. No one could do it. All right. And I wept much. John said he, he cried because he looked at our problem and how nobody could fulfill the role of the son. None of us could be perfect. We say it all the time. I'm not perfect. None of us could do that. And so he said he cried. All right. Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Mm -hmm. And one of the elders saith unto me, weep not. Weep not. Uh Uh-huh. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So now we find the lamb of God. Jesus, he's prevailed to open the book. But now we find ourselves in a predicament here. 
because there is one on the throne with a book in his right hand. And it was Jesus. But then we find Jesus came to open the book. I want to flip over now to chapter 7. So we can see this. Chapter 7 and verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, mm -hmm. and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Now, on the throne was the Lamb. But now there came one off the throne, <laughs> stepped down from heaven. He descended into the earth to fulfill the role. He stepped off the throne, but yet there was still one sitting on the throne. That's what Jesus told us. He said, the son of man is in heaven. But he was on earth when he said that. And this is the same vision that we find in Revelation. We find how the lamb sat on the throne. And yet he left the throne, but he was still on the throne the whole time. He left the throne so that he could fulfill the role of the son. But he could do all these things because, as Amy said, he's the great I am. That's what we find Jesus tell the, the Roman army as they came to take him. He said, I am. I want to go get that. He said, I am he. Uh... I don't really remember where that's at. Uh, John 18. John 18, and we'll look at verse 4 here. So, so we're looking at the second son and the divinity that he had. He had a different glory than the first son. All right. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him. Now, how did he know all things? He knew all things because he's the great I am. There, there's, no, there's no man that knows all things except they be God. Mm-hmm. Went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Now this is before he was about to be taken to be crucified. He said, Who are you looking for? Mm-hmm. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. Now he said those same words that had been spoken from the burning bush to Moses. He said, I am. We find out Moses wanted to know what his name was. He said, tell him I am that I am. But now the son has been revealed. That's the reason why we call it revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The name has now been revealed to us at the name of Jesus. The Bible said every knee shall bow. It's that name because that name has been hidden since the beginning of time. 
It wasn't time for the name yet when Moses asked. But now we find out what that name is. And so they use the name of Jesus here. And they said, are you Jesus? He said, I am. <laughs> the same words. Because now it was revealed. He said, I am he. Uh-huh. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Mm -hmm. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. As soon as, the Bible declares, as soon as he said unto them, I am he. The glory of that body, the power within him knocked him down. Because he was God Almighty. That power knocked him down. Knocked them down, excuse me. Knocked all of the soldiers down. Because he is the I Am. This wasn't a coincidence that knocked them all backwards. They weren't afraid of Jesus physically. They, they weren't afraid of him. Because if they were, why would they come? Why would they come and take him? Why would they kill him? They weren't afraid of him physically. Because... We're not afraid once we get all the weapons. Once we get our guns, we feel we're big and bad then. But Jesus showed them in that moment, you're still no match for me because I am the one that ascended, that descended from heaven. And I'm the one that's still in heaven at the same time. The same vision that John seen. He showed them who he was. There was a different glory about him. This is the second son. Because we find him do the same thing with Thomas. Thomas said, except I put my hand in his side, except I thrust my hand in his side and put my fingers in his prints, the nail prints. He said, I won't believe that he's risen. I won't believe it. And so... The second son, Jesus, the Bible says the doors have been shut. And yet, behold, Jesus appeared in there. He was able to walk through the walls because this is the glory that God placed on this son because he was God himself. See, how could if this if this body were not spiritual, how could he walk on water? How could he do that? How could he give Peter the power to walk on water? How could he turn two fish and five loaves and make it enough to feed over 5,000 people? How could he do that if he were not God? This is the second son. But God had to come and fulfill that role because we were not able to do it. He had to come and do it. I want to go read. Um, I want to read what Thomas said. Uh, John chapter 20. And we'll look at verse 26 here. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Now, Thomas had not seen Jesus. The other disciples had already seen Jesus. 
and they told Thomas about him. Now, eight more days have passed, and Thomas still had not seen him. But now, we better go back up 25. We didn't read 25. We better read 25. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. Mm -hmm. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now we know we say the same thing today. Uh, uh, talking to people, and uh, he said, man, what proof do we have? He, he wanted some proof like Thomas. He said, I want to see him. I want to put my hand in his side. We're looking for some type of proof. And God will prove it to you. He'll show you. All right. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the door doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Now, if we read this carefully here, it tells us the disciples were within. They were inside. And Thomas was inside with them. And the doors were shut. And yet, yet, Jesus stood in the midst. This is because this was a heavenly body. He was able to defy gravity, to defy objects, just as he could walk on water. He could poof and vanish where he wanted to. He told them, he said, no man take my life. He said, I lay, I lay my life down so that I can pick it up again. He had the power to do all these things. Because he was from heaven. He was a heavenly body. This is the second son. He was God himself. Dressed up in a body. Called Jesus. This is the mystery. Alright. He said peace be unto you. Mm -hmm. Then said he to Thomas. Reach hither thy finger. And behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand. And thrust it into my side. And be not faithless. But believing. Believe this, uh-huh. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Now, after he, Jesus allowed him to do this, after he showed himself to be powerful, not only over death, but over everything, he said, My Lord and my God. He's not only Lord, he said he's God also. He's God in flesh. This was the second son. God, he said, nobody else can do this. No one could do this. And so he had to come down and fulfill this role himself. God so loved the world that he gave himself. Because nobody could withstand this. Nobody could fulfill this role but himself. See, it's some things... A lot of times we want people to do something and the way that they do it, they just don't do it right. And so we come up with a saying that if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> and God understood that. If I want this done, he said, I have to go do it myself. Because nobody in earth could do this. Nobody under the earth could do this. Nobody in heaven could do this, but God himself. 
So Thomas, after he has seen this, he said, my Lord and my God, he made this confession that Jesus was not only man, he said he's God also. He's from heaven. He's the Lord. He's God Almighty. He's the Messiah. Because there had been uh, some questions about who Jesus was. Because Philip said, show us the Father. Let's get this last verse. I'm over time now. John 14 and verse 8. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Go, go back up to verse 7 for me, Melvin. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father. If you have known Jesus, you would have known the Father, because they're the same one. Just playing a different role. Same one. Playing a different role. He said, if you know me, you would have knew the father also. If you knew who I was, you would know who he is because I am he. As Jesus said, he said, I am he. Mm -hmm. And from henceforth, you, knew, you know him and have seen him. You know him and have seen him. The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. But the only begotten son hath declared him. He made him visible in the only way he could be visible because God is a spirit. You can't see a spirit. It's just like the air around us. We know the air around us is not visible. Nobody ever walked around and said, man, I seen the air today. You would look at somebody crazy if they said they seen the air today. God is the same way. We can't see God because he's a spirit. But he can make himself visible in different forms. If you take a balloon, you make the air visible, but it's in a different form. It's not in its purest form. But you look at it through that balloon. That's what God did with himself. He said, and from henceforth, you do know him and you've seen him. Even though the scripture declares that no man can see God. No man hath seen God at any time. It's a mystery. It takes God to open our understanding for this. So Philip and the rest of the disciples still could not comprehend this. They still couldn't comprehend it. Because if he did, he wouldn't have said what he said next. All right. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it's <laughs> He said, Lord, I just want to see the Father. I'd be happy then. But he just told him. He said, you've seen him. He just told him in the verse above. He said, you've seen him. And Philip turned around and said, show him to us. <laughs> he said, you already seen him. Because you're looking right at him. All right. Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you? He said, show us the Father and Jesus said, have I, have I been so long time with you and you haven't known me because I am the father? He said, have I been here all this time? The father's been with you all this time. He just came in the role of the son. 
and they couldn't comprehend it. Somebody don't comprehend it today. We say that don't make sense. I don't understand that. That's why John said he came as of the only begotten of the Father. He was as of him. This was a different body here. This was the Lord himself from heaven. He stepped off the throne, came down here to fulfill this role, and yet he was still on the throne the entire time. Jesus told them, he said, I go back to the Father. He goes back to the throne. He had to go back up to the throne to do what he was doing before he stepped down. He said, I got to go back. So, Jesus said, have I not been here all this time and you have not known me? All right. Again, have I been so long time with you and he has thou not known me, Philip? Mm -hmm. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. If you seen me, he said, you seen the Father because I am he. He is the Father. Mm -hmm. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? He said, if you understood this, you wouldn't ask me to show them to you, but you have no understanding. If you have understood this, you wouldn't say, show us the Father. And so, after some time had passed, then, once Jesus had been raised again, and Thomas stuck his hand in his side, felt the prints of the nails. Then he understood. He said, this is, he's God. He is the father, my Lord and my God. He said, this is the one. He is the one. Go ahead and read the next verse, man. Believest thou not that I am in the father and the father in me? God was in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He had to do it himself. This was his world, and he had to redeem us all back to himself, by himself. He said he would not share his glory with any other. So he had to do it all himself. So this is quite the mystery to see the two sons. Because one was natural. He was of the earth. He was just like you and I. But this second son, he was God Almighty. He had the power to save us from any, any problem that we have. He said his arms are too short that he can't save. There's no weakness in him. And so at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. And all of this was to the glory of the Father. Because he is him. And so to wrap this up. We find that Jesus told them. Told the disciples. In Matthew 28, 19. He said, go ye therefore teaching all nations. Baptizing them in the name. Only one name. God is one. He said, baptize them in the name. Now, this name would encompass three different roles. The role of the Father, the role of the Son, and the role of the Holy Ghost. The name for all three of those roles. And then we come, I close here. Let's go to uh, Acts 
Now, after their understanding has become open, after they understood who and what was the name for all three of these roles, they began to baptize as Jesus told them. And so we see what the name is here. All right. Then Peter said unto them, mm -hmm. repent mm -hmm. and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. This was the name. Jesus is the name for the Father. He is the name for the Son. He is the name for the Holy Ghost. Peter understood that. Thomas understood that. Philip understood that. Matthew understood that. John understood that. Jude understood. They all understood. And down the line, Paul came. And he had this same revelation. He was killing, persecuting Christians. Calling on that same name. Because the enemy wants to fight that name of Jesus. And so he was headed down to Damascus. And he fell to his feet. Fell to his knees. Because a light shined from heaven. Blinded him for three days. Called out to him and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? He said, who are you? Who are you? Who's calling up from who's calling from heaven? Who, who, who is this that's knocked me on my knees? Who's, who's causing this? And the Lord said, now this is in the book. I can't make this up. The Lord said, I am Jesus. God, God told us what his name was. In the beginning with Moses, he only said, I am that I am. It wasn't time for him to let us know what his name was. But now, after so many centuries, after so many years, he came to let us know the revelation of his name. And so that's why this entire book all points to Jesus, because he is God Almighty. He is the first and the last. There's not much debate about who the middle is, who the son is. The question is, who's the first and the last? And Jesus said, I am he. He said, I'm the first and the last. That's the Father and the Holy Ghost. It's amazing how the scriptures line up together. And so tonight, I pray that we would understand the role of the two sons. Adam, by him came death. But by God himself, he brought the resurrection to us, the resurrection of life. He brought salvation. This is the best love story that will ever be written. How God loved us so much that he would punish himself. That he would take a whipping himself just to bring us back to him. That's love. Because we don't want to go through anything. Even if we love someone, we don't really want to go through anything for them. But God said, I'll do this to save them. So that's where we find ourselves. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Who wouldn't be willing to give their lives for Christ? If you could understand just how much he gave for us. He came down off the throne for us. He was fine where he was. But he was moved with compassion. He was moved with joy. Said for the joy that was set before him. 
He died on the cross. He came and did this for us because of the love. This is the true love of the second son who was merely playing a role. The role to save our souls. So I thank you guys for listening. Um, and I'm praying that God will continue to uh, show us the truth, continue to lead us into all understanding through his spirit. Uh, and that despite anything going on in the world today, uh, that we will continue to keep our eyes on him because he said he'll keep us in perfect peace. That's what he told his disciples when he went in to them. He said, peace be unto you. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to have joy, not to be upset and sad all the time, depressed. That's not what God wants for us. So at this time, I'll turn it back over to Melvin. Um, Stephen says, please pray for me. I really want to grow spiritually. Yes. Yes, definitely will. Uh, we can, uh, we can actually just say a prayer now. Um, if you, uh, if you want to bow your head with us, we encourage you to, uh, everyone out there. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you, Lord, uh, thanking you for how you, uh, just touch this Bible study so that we could all understand your word so that we can grow in you. Lord, we're praying that you will continue to lead us in the direction that we should go, that you will continue to pour your spirit out upon us, Lord, that you will continue to increase us with wisdom and knowledge, understanding. You told us that you would lead us into all truth. Lord, just help us to keep our minds stayed on you so that we can see exactly what it is that you want us to do. Uh, help us to uh, refrain from so many distractions, Lord. There's so many things that uh, want to grasp our attention, Lord, but keep reminding us, Lord, that there is joy in the midst of every storm. No matter how far away that we feel that we may get from you, Lord, we know that you're always there, that you're everywhere. Whether we go uh, ascend to heaven, you're there. Whether we go down to the, the pits of hell, you're there. Uh, no matter whether we go to the left or the right, Lord, you are always there. So help us, no matter how deep we may seem to fall into sin uh, and to things that we know we shouldn't. And so sometimes, just as Adam did, we try to run and hide ourselves from you. And the enemy comes and tells us we're no longer worthy. That you don't even want us a part of your life. You don't want to be a part of our lives. But Lord, help us to remember that that's not true. That your love is everlasting. That you're long-suffering with us, patient, kind, merciful. And that you're only trying to save us at the end of the day. And so Lord, we're praying that you would just keep our hearts, keep our minds Keep our families, keep our friends, keep all of those around us. Uh, we're praying that more than ever, we would all come to your truth. We would come to salvation uh, because that's the that's the goal at the end of the day is to be saved. So we can hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, we're praying these many blessings in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So uh, we'll definitely continue to keep you and everyone else in our prayers uh, because this is this is serious. God's work has to be done because there's things the son has already fulfilled uh, his job. But there are things that God is calling for us to do. He said, take up your cross. 
Now you follow me. Now it's time for us to stand up. He said, who will declare? Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah told us, he said, who will declare his generation? Who's going to stand up for God? Who's going to live the life that Christ told us to live? So uh, I'll turn it back over to Melvin now. <laughs> and if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, or, or, or anything, please feel free to leave it in the comments or inbox the page or, or our personal Facebook pages because this is very important. A, a lot of people don't see the, the severity of serving God and doing what he says because the scripture says, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things in which I say. There are going to be a lot of people that's at, on judgment day that say, Lord, I've done so many things for you. I've built this great big church in your name. And we see in the scripture that um, the the people, they tried to show Jesus, look look at the temple, look how beautiful they are. And Jesus said, um, there's not going to be one stone left upon another. I will tear it down and build it back up in three days. So a lot of people are going to say, I did so many things in, in your name. I've done so many things. And then he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I know you not. Because a lot of people around here, human emotion can definitely get us in trouble. Um we definitely are moved by our emotion and our physical surroundings. Just like Peter was when Jesus allowed him to walk on the water. And Peter he saw the winds blowing and then he started to lose faith and he started to sink. And Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. So that's us. And sometimes when we pray, we may get a human feeling and say, do this, do that. And we say that it's from God when in actuality it's not so I pray that we all don't be tricked by human emotions uh, because it definitely can get us in trouble. And it's a lot of things that, um, Tony, you mentioned that I would like to comment on. And I know that I will forget some of those things. But the first, when you're talking about um, Paul being or about to be converted, uh, one preacher calls it the greatest roadblock ever. Um, he said it was a light shining from heaven. And I want to touch on that. He said it was above the brightness of the sun. And so I'm not shocked that he left them blind for three days. Because even when if we look at the sun too long, it starts hurting our eyes. And it could blind us. And this light was above the brightness of the sun. So I, I just find I find that amazing. God can um just he just has his power on display all the time. And to bring it back to Adam, um, another point in the garden, um, the original sin, um, just think about that. We wouldn't have to do anything. There was no sadness, no death, no anything. We all would have been born in the garden. And just that one, that one sin has caused everything bad up until today to happen from one sin. And yet we sin daily and we think nothing of it. So I pray that we get away from sin. And um, Paul said, how then can we continue in sin? Because we are saved from that. How can we continue to do the things, to do things that are against God? God says, how long will these people provoke me of all the things that I've shown them, all the signs that I've shown them? How long until they get in line? So that's how, why I always say at the beginning of the live stream, thank God for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Because a lot of people don't get that chance. So it's such a blessing and we're so fortunate to be given another chance, chance after chance after chance to get our acts together.
And it just reminds me of the compassion that God has on us. Even when Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, the Bible says God came in the cool of the day. In the cool. Even though they had transgressed against God. And Tony, you mentioned earlier that you said you're thankful for the Holy Ghost. And I, I definitely am. Because it gives you power, as, as we um, see in Acts chapter 1, it says after that you will receive power. And that's what the Holy Ghost does. It gives you the ability to get out of sin. Because as long as we are living physically, we are in our flesh. And our flesh desires that which is ungodly. Because our flesh is not going to be in heaven. Or our flesh isn't going to be burning in hell for our works. But our soul will. And that's what everybody needs today. A lot of people... They think they have the Holy Ghost, but <laughs> they don't. Do, do we even know how we are sure that we have the Holy Ghost? Um, in one place in Hebrews, it was talking about all of the people in the Old Testament, how they did all such great things, and they were not given the Holy Ghost. We have the opportunity to get the Holy Ghost today, and that's what we, we definitely need in these times that's going on today. All of the killing, all of the hatred, all of the division among us. We, we, we need to work together in order to defeat the enemy. Because what the Bible says, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's exactly what's going on in, in today's age. So we, we definitely need to work together. Um, I brought this up a while ago. Um, I went to a, a basketball game back in February, a Lakers game. And, you know, during halftime, they provide halftime entertainment. So I'm pretty sure most of us know about the big mat, the big soft mat that they put down. And they um, jump off of a trampoline and they do all kinds of flips in the air. And then they dunk the basketball and they fall on that big mat to cushion the fall. That's a huge mat, and I believe it covered all the way up until almost the half, half court line. And I, I, I saw that it was about 30 or 40 people, and they all ran out there at the same time and folded up the mat, put it on their shoulder, and carried it out into the tunnel in about two or three seconds. That's a big mat. <laughs> but it just goes to show the power of being one, of working together all towards one common goal. And I'm reminded of a, a scripture in the book of Proverbs. I believe it's 6 and 6. It says, look to the ant, thou sluggard. The Lord is calling us sluggard because that's definitely what we can be. But it says, look to the ant and consider her ways. When you go outside and see a, a big ant bed, <laughs> they all work together to build that. You, you don't see the ants fighting. You you drop a Cheeto on the ground and, and leave it there for a while. Now, that Cheeto, in comparison to the ant, is huge. It's way bigger than how, um, how big the ant is. But what do they do? <laughs> they work together. They put that Cheeto on their back, and, and they're, they're gone. <laughs> so look how they can work together. And look at us today. We are so divided. Um, it's... A church just about on every corner, and they all believe something different. I mean, you got the First Baptist, the Second Baptist, the Presbyterian, Catholic. And they all say, this is what you do to be saved. And they all say that th God told me this. Now, in the book of Ephesians, it says there's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. 
you have some churches they believe in, oh, it's two gods. Some churches, oh, it's three gods. And then for the people that believe in only one, they say they call us the, oh, the Jesus only people. But what, and I've said this many times before, what kind of God will say to one church, this is what you do to be saved. And then go across the street and tell the other church, all right, now this is what you do to be saved. And it directly contradicts what the what he told the other church. Now, the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. Because if he, he lies, then he would have to go to hell himself because it says that all lies will have their part in the lake of fire. So could we even trust God if that was the truth? It's only one Lord and it's only one faith. Here over Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And we've covered the oneness before a while ago. And uh, as Tony mentioned earlier in the book of Revelations, Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end because we already know he's the middle. In another in another place, he says, I am come in my father's name. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost in my name. So what is that name? Matthew 28, 19, it says, baptize them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Ghost. And as one preacher said, he didn't say, go repeat after me saying, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He said, in the name. See, a lot of people <laughs> look at baptism. They, they don't think it plays a role in your salvation. But my friend, it does. As we just read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins. In the name of Jesus. Now, Peter is the one that's talking here, but all the other apostles were there. So even though it said baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Jesus is that name. So I see that we don't have any further comments. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Stephen, Amy, and Sarah for the comments, um, or Sella, sorry, for the comments. Uh, we pray that you guys got something out of the message and that you be, you be blessed by it. Because a lot of people don't have the time. Or they won't put in the time in order to study the scriptures. Jesus says, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. Another place he said, you do error because you not you do not know the scriptures. So it's up to us to actually put in the time and study it to see what God is saying. Because it's definitely, it's, it's definitely important. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, as always, audio versions will be uploaded to all major podcast platforms. So all 71 of our other messages you can find on any podcast, Spotify, All Heart Radio, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to, um, whatever podcast you like. Um, Amy says, great teaching fellows. I truly enjoyed the lesson. I'm glad that you enjoyed it and we hope to see you here next week. Yep. Because it's always a great topic when it's coming straight from the word of God. So, as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. There is reason to be joy and there is joyous and there is joy in the midst of every storm. So just like at the end of Acts chapter 5 when the apostles were, were um, got out of the prison, they counted all joy because they were worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. But yet with us, <laughs> we complain of the slightest inconveniences. So again, thank you for listening and we'll end it right there and we'll see you guys next Thursday evening at the same time with another great topic coming straight from the word of God. So you guys be blessed and have a nice weekend. 
Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.